Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Nearing. Hey, everybody. This is Lisa from True North Homeschool Academy, and we are here for another episode of Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. And today I'm joined by Crystal Niehoff. And hey, Crystal, how are you doing? Hi, thanks for having me on today. Yes, Crystal and I connected this last year, and she has been helping with some behind the scene things at True North, and she's going to be teaching and orienteering her career exploration class in the fall. So check the show notes because you're going to want to go um, find out about that class. It's a must-have class for everybody going into high school. But Crystal is here today to kind of share about their adoption story and how it was homeschooling as they brought kids into their family um, through adoption and how that went as a homeschool family. And I know at True North, and and really it seems like just across the board with homeschool families, there is a lot of families um, with adopted kids or, you know, just having having adoption be a really integral part of their of their family story. So I think this is a really um, going to be an important and helpful segment. And Crystal, I really appreciate your being here to share your story and talk about homeschooling through that whole gift of adoption that your family participated in. So well, thank you. I love sharing the story. It is adoption is such a blessing. And I always say that, you know, people will say, well, they must have needed you. And I think, no, I needed them. I've grown so much through adoption you know, parenting will grow you and then adoptive parenting will grow you even more. So I'm excited to share. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So you were already homeschooling and you're a military family too. So you have kind of that unique perspective of like maybe not being at a home base all the time, but moving and traveling around. And then you were already homeschooling. And then tell us how you decided to adopt and add your family through adoption. Sure thing. Well, uh, to go way back, actually, real briefly to set the, the, give the backstory, I have always had a heart for adoption. Um, my oldest cousin was adopted, and it was back in the day where adoption was kept kind of hush-hush, and you didn't really talk about it. But I thought, oh, that's so neat. You know, my aunt and uncle chose her. And so I just, I really feel like God planted that in uh, really rooted that in my heart, even as a little girl, I was about eight years old when I learned that she was adopted. And um, I just always have known, I've, I wrote stories about my life when I would adopt and I always knew I wanted to adopt more than one. Um, so then fast forward, and I, uh, my husband and I had two biological daughters, Stephanie and Savannah. And um then later, uh, it was about 11 year gap and my heart really just wanted another baby. Mm-hmm. And um, actually about that time, it was about 10 year gap. And, uh, but I wasn't able to have any more due to some health issues. 
And so I was not able to conceive. We did try for a while, but I just was not able to conceive. But my heart just was always, I just knew that I wanted to adopt. And then I kept my neighbor's baby, new baby for a weekend. And that just, you know, really sealed the deal that that it was just time. I missed the toys on the floor, you know, now that my kids were a little bit older. And so then the next step was convincing my husband, which he has such a tender heart. So that didn't take too long. (laughs) But um, so when we, we started off um, uh, taking classes to be foster parents Mm -hmm. and um, I just, we had one child through adoption, actually a sibling set, but he was a special needs child that my heart just absolutely loved. I just bonded to him so quickly that, and we had uh, done respite care for his foster family. And we tried um, to adopt him, but then they ended up sending him to live with grandparents um, in another state. My heart was broken. And so after I kind of picked myself up from that, because um, they call adoption paper pregnancy, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, it actually takes longer than nine months many times. So you just got to be prepared for that. But I was homeschooling my two oldest also at this point. And um, um, they were able to kind of, uh, I mean, they were really kind of part, you know, they had part of it too. They had been involved in the decision. They, before we made, you know, really decided to go forward with it, they were already involved and, and gave the green light, you know, they were excited, you know, my oldest, she's a tomboy. And so Stephanie was praying for a boy and my youngest was more girly. And so she was praying for a girl. (laughs) um, I was just praying that the Lord would um, do what he wanted to do. So then after the failed adoption, we uh, contacted an agency and um, then I, this is the, at the dawn of online adoptions. And I actually found my daughter myself uh, through just research on the internet. And um, so long story short, we were chosen to adopt her through a private adoption. And um, the neat thing about that, the blessing of homeschooling, it was in October. In fact, it was October 1st. We got the call, mom's in labor. Can you get to Pennsylvania? And the neat thing is, is all I had to do was pack my daughters up and we were on a flight within hours to Pennsylvania. And I just grabbed some, you know, a couple of uh, the smaller, um, their crew, textbooks. And we just really kind of uh, homeschooled in the hotel room because we had to wait for paperwork to clear before I could bring Erica back with us. So we were, the three of us were in the hotel room. My husband had to stay back to work um, together in Pennsylvania. So we, we went on field trips there, you know, and then once Erica was released from the hospital, um, we spent a lot of time in the hospital or in the hotel room but we read and uh, we were still able to continue homeschooling. And I, they weren't away from me for two weeks. My two old, oldest daughters, they were there in the beginning days where they could spend time with Erica and bond with her. And boy, are they bonded. 
<laughs> and it was so neat because um, they they were little moms to her too, which was helpful to me too. I mean, it was nice to have a newborn and then two uh, preteens that could also help out and who were thrilled to help out. So we learned a lot about Pennsylvania and um, a lot about each other living in a small hotel room, but that was amazing. So then um, fast forward, um, we continued with foster care and um, a few months later, a little boy came along. I got the call and my, all this time, my daughter, Stephanie was praying. Okay. So now we've got the little sister <laughs> time for the little brother. And, um, her prayer was answered. We got a call that, uh, there was a little boy who had been abused and was in foster care for the second time. And he was only five months old. And, um, can you take him? And the neat thing, this is where homeschooling and our Christian faith played into the decision is in such a beautiful way, because knowing that I was a stay-at-home mom, and then having had workers that had come into our home because we were foster parents, um, and had seen the dynamics of our family, and, and you know, we're peaceful, peace-loving um, the kids were doing well academic, academically because she could see that. She was tested every now and then, which was cool, you know, um, and they could interact with her. And so she really got to know them, too. So we were the family they called when there's this little boy with all these, you know, this baby boy, all these broken bones. He couldn't they didn't want him going to daycare and handed around from person to person. He needed some stability and love. And they they saw our family and they got to know our two older daughters because they were always there when the workers would come in during the day since we homeschooled. So that was the neat thing. And that's how we got Seth. And um, then eventually we were able to adopt him through the foster care process. And that was a blessing. And, uh, the, and they're very bonded too. And then he bonded with Erica. So they're just like twins. So I ended up with twins. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, those are the two that I, that are, my other children have left the nest, but Seth and Erica are in their um, junior year of high school. So they'll um, graduate next year. And then um, after that, uh, we were asked a few years later if we would be interested in taking an older child and they weren't sure he wasn't diagnosed at that point, but they knew that he had some mental health issues. And uh, after a lot of prayer, we did decide to take him in and we eventually adopted him. And that is another area where homeschooling was a blessing. Um, he had gone to public school for part of the time, but he did best in a homeschool setting with his behaviors. He was later diagnosed with reactive attachment disorder and several different, other different things. And actually homeschooling was where he was the most stable mm -hmm. mentally. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so bonding was huge. Homeschooling really facilitated that because we could be together as a family and um, get to know each other. And then they also got my two older ones, Stephanie and Savannah, were able to really bond and um, love adoption. You know, they were there part of it. 
Mm-hmm. And so, and they also helped later on with homeschooling um, the other kids. So that was That's amazing awesome. too. <laughs> yeah, you've already story. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful story. You've already touched a little bit on some of the benefits of homeschooling um, for parents and siblings. Um, do, are there other other benefits that you see right off the bat of homeschooling while you're going through? I mean, you you did respite care, you did foster care, you did adoption. And actually I know homeschool families that do all of those things. So they sometimes can go together, but sometimes people just provide respite, respite care. But how does homeschooling fit with all that? Because as you're telling your story, I'm just going, that is a lot. <laughs> and I don't know how anybody that sends their children off to a public or private school could do it. Because then you have to fit in all those schedules on top of the schedules. Foster children come with a whole host of schedules themselves. You know, they have to meet with their workers. And, and then we as foster parents have to have, uh, you know, have workers coming and going. And then um, mental health and, you know, all these things. And the great thing about homeschooling is it provides that flexibility. And then when you, when you're homeschooling your children and many, most of the time you can't homeschool foster children until after they've been adopted. We did have one opportunity where we were allowed to homeschool a foster child and it was a special, the court um, permitted it. But again, the worker really advocated for it because she had been our worker for several years and had seen how well the children were doing being homeschooled. Mm -hmm. And she was not pro homeschooling when she was first our worker. So that was the neat thing. And she really then advocated for homeschooling after that. So the neat thing about it is, um, you know, kids can learn the court process, you know, with adoption, usually you can take the whole family for an adoption hearing. Uh, they can't go to foster care hearings, but for when um, Seth, Erica, and Matt were all adopted, Stephanie and Savannah, and while well, then Erica and Seth, they joined our family before Matt, who was the older one, joined our family. Um, and it just quickly, um, where everybody fits in the, the grand scheme of things age-wise, it's Stephanie, Savannah, Matt, Erica, and Seth. Okay, <laughs> so that's, oh, that's interesting. Matt ended up being the middle child, even though he was adopted last. So. And then you get, you kind of go, how does this birth, birth order thing really work? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's really funny because it kind of works. It, they fit in. I, I, God just amazingly just has them fit in where they're supposed to fit in. It got, you know, that's a God thing. Love it. But they got to learn about that. They saw firsthand the foster care and adoption legalities. You know, maybe not everything, and it would be on their level academically or m- even mentally or emotionally. Mm-hmm. But they were able to kind of see the process and and get to know the workers and see what the workers do do. You know, there was all sorts of different types of workers. And then we also love to learn about the area that the child was adopted from. So like Erica was adopted from Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania has been, we've never been in Pennsylvania, or we had never lived in Pennsylvania. When we adopted her, we were in Pennsylvania and that was our first time. But so we got that history and geography lesson from that. And then Matt, 
he was actually adopted in Kansas, as was Seth. And so obviously Kansas also having lived there uh, was part of our um, homeschooling lessons. Uh But he actually, his nationality is both of his parents are are from Mexico, his birth parents. So we learned about uh, Mexico and the Hispanic culture. And so we started cooking different dishes. We always loved Hispanic food. And I come from a community that um, has a large Hispanic population. So that's been always been uh, near and dear to my heart, but it was really neat to learn from it, you know, about it from that aspect and uh, learn some of the language and just the different traditions to keep him connected to his mm-hmm. culture. And then later, after he turned 18, he did go to Mexico and visit some, we'd kind of kept a little bit connected with birth family on his mm-hmm. side. So uh, he was able to go to Mexico after he was, uh, turned, became an adult and um, experienced his culture firsthand. Mm-hmm. So and then after that is flexibility, you know, mm-hmm. it's the being able to travel at, or to be in court or you know, there's different things. So, yeah. and then the bonding and attachment is huge, both for the, the adoptive child, but also for the siblings. You know, if you've got other children, um, they need to bond and attach to in a way where they don't see that child as taking the parent from them, mm-hmm. but seeing the child is adding to the family is, you know, being a blessing to the family and then being a blessing to the child where if they're off all day, they're going to miss that. Right. Especially as they get into junior and senior high school, because the kids just get busier and busier. So if they're, if they're already a junior senior high school level and you're bringing a new person to the family, that can be really, you almost feel like you're not even a cohesive family unit at that point. Right. Yeah. So that's an awesome benefit. Do you, did you feel like it was important to get good resources for the attachment disorder and other things that you were dealing with? I mean, was that helpful to the rest of your family too? Are there, do you have resources if people reach out that you'd be able to direct them to or that we could put in the show notes? Oh, I could definitely find those and I will pull those up. Um, but a lot of it was, um, through his own mental health um, therapist, but a lot of, a lot of them didn't know about reactive attachment disorder. So I did a lot of research on that. And I have a couple of, and I can't think of them. It's been years. He's in his, his middle twenties now, 20, uh, 26 now. Um, so, (laughs) so I haven't had to use those resources in such a long time, but the neat thing about that is, is, um, I really think homeschooling, um, when you have that mindset as a parent, then you continue your learning too. Oh yeah. And so that helped me to be, I feel a better parent is Mm -hmm. that I thought, well, I would expect my children to learn how to do this. I'm going to learn alongside. I always had that learning mindset with them. Mm -hmm. So I was able to then find resources and um, learn about his mental health issues and how I could deal with them. So, but yes, all that to say, I would love to share those resources with anyone. Yeah. I think that's a good point too. You have, when you homeschool, hopefully you're creating and fostering a lifestyle of learning so that, you know, you you're creating autodidacts and the best way to do that is to be one. 
um, <laughs> show, show what that means. So always learning and being willing to step outside of what you know to learn the next thing. So awesome. And I have written about it. Um, some of my articles have been shared by Bethany Christian Services, um, um, CASA, Court Appointed Special Advocate for Children. So yeah. a lot of, if you Google my name, you could probably find my adoption and foster care articles. Awesome. Okay. That's a great resource. And, but Th Bethany is such a great, um, actually I'm familiar with both Bethany and CASA. So great organizations that are really working to put kids and families so that they could grow up as part of uh, a broader story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, good, good deal. Any, any parting words about adoption? Would you, would you recommend it for families? What are, what are your final thoughts for us? From a Christian perspective, I think more Christians need to adopt. <laughs> it is, it's so, um, it's such a beautiful, um, you see it through your own eyes, what God must feel when he adopts us into the family of God. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's such a, um, it's such a blessing. I've learned so much. I've grown in my relationship with Christ because mm -hmm. of adoption, mm -hmm. but also, um, as in regards to adoption, make sure it's right for your family, pray about it, you know, because it's, it's a lifelong commitment, you mm -hmm. know, even adopting a dog is not the same as adopting a human child with an eternal soul. Right. So go into it, um, praying for the Lord's will and, and his direction and find that, you know, really think through the different avenues because every foster child, even a baby comes with some, will be, there'll be some sort of issue mm -hmm. that you'll have to work through. So, you know, I've had three different, I've had a truly private adoption. I had an older baby adoption through foster care and then an older child adoption through foster care. Mm -hmm. And it, it really tugs at your heartstrings. It's an emotional journey. So be sure that your marriage is ready for that. Mm -hmm. um, and be sure if you have other children, um, be sure they're ready for that, that you've had that I call it tying heartstrings, make sure you've tied heartstrings with the children that you have already, that they're not feeling like they're not good enough. So you're looking outside of that, make sure they're part of the process, um, part of the decision on their level, because if they're little, that's going to be a little bit different. You know, you would prepare them like you would prepare for a new sibling if you were um, pregnant. Mm -hmm. But older children, it can displace them if they, if you're adopting a child older than them, or if they're the baby, even like my daughter, Savannah, she was the baby of the family for 10 years. And mm -hmm. so she struggled a bit more. Stephanie was very accepting. She was already the oldest, was used to sharing a sibling with her mom and dad. So, uh -huh. so that wasn't, it was like, oh, cool. But you didn't get me a brother until we finally got a boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's but, so preparing your children that's already in the home um, is important. And then but adoption, if you're ready for it, and that's where, and can you be fully ready for it? To be honest, like with a baby, there's yeah. always still going to be something. So don't think perfectly ready. 
But when the Lord calls you to do it, um, he will give you a lot, enough light for the stuff you're on. Mm, Yeah. And that, that is just a truism in life, right? If we're really seeking them, we get about that much light (laughs) (laughs) that we're ready for the next thing. Um, Because we're always impatient and want to move on maybe too quickly or not quickly enough. And so true. And adoption is a slow process. So Mm -hmm. be prepared. Think of it as a paper pregnancy. Yeah. And it may even take longer, you know, so yeah. um, just be willing to follow the Lord's leading and just trust him. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming and talking about this important topic. I, I know it's one that a lot of homeschool families um, have really traveled down that road. And um, it's, it's really, you know, being the hands and feet of Jesus in a really proactive way. So I, I really appreciate your coming on and sharing Thank your you story. So And we'll put resources and links in the show notes. So um, you can go check those out. And if you have any questions for Crystal and you can always um, message me and I'll get those to her. If you have any other, if if anybody wants to follow up with this. I would love to connect. Awesome. Crystal, thanks for being with us today. Again, this is Lisa from True North Homeschool Academy. And this is Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. Hey, everybody, this is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. And I just want to remind you that you can find all of our classes and clubs, testing, advising, mom's membership, and more at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. We do offer live online, dynamic, interactive, small group classes. So when your students take classes with us, they're not in a, they're not in a Zoom room full of 100 people. We keep our class sizes small so that the students get to know both the teacher and their fellow students. We um, use a lot of different technology to make the classes dynamic and interactive, including presentations, projects, breakout rooms, virtual whiteboards, and more. Um, We like to say that we use time-tested educational pedagogy coupled with cutting-edge technology to bring the best educational opportunities to your students in, in the privacy of your own home. We do provide syllabus and grading for all classes. Um, Clubs are more relaxed, so we don't provide syllabus or grading for those, but you can certainly use our clubs for the transcripts, and we'd love to help you know how to do that. Stay tuned this year, 2022, for some exciting new um, classes and clubs being offered by True North Homeschool Academy. Um, We're also going to be offering an honor club, dual enrollment, and so much more. We are honored to partner with you as you homeschool your children. Again, check out truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com and thanks for listening to today's podcast.